Hey, my loves. How are you? Where are you? I'm recording this episode in Narm, on the beautiful, black, and unceded sovereign lands of the Bunurong and the Wairarong people. Who am I? I am a Karanga woman, born and raised in Harare, Zimbabwe, and now I'm living in so-called Melbourne, Australia. So, uh, what exactly is this? It's a podcast, a history podcast, called Life Seen Through a Sister's Eye. You'll get to experience the world through a black woman's gaze. Which black woman? Well, me. My name is Sister's Eye, as in S-I-S-T-A, Sister, Zai, Z-A-I. I curate and produce this podcast. I'm also your host, and every week... I'll share stories, interviews, and views. During this first season of Life Seen Through a Sister's Eye podcast, we're looking at one critical question. And that question is, what does it mean to be African in the 21st century? So you're neither African nor black? Well, I bet most of the culture you love and consume is African and black. So listen up and let's dive in deeper. Oh my goodness. It's probably about one twenty seven. It's one twenty seven in the morning and I'm just going to get this done now because I can't sleep. There is a mosquito that is out to get me. You know that? And then you slap it. I'm like, okay, I'm over this. I am over this. Anyway, I hope you're sleeping well. Obviously, it's the middle of summer here now. Um, We're heading towards the summer solstice, so... It can't be the middle of summer. We've just started summer. What am I talking about? You see? That's what happens when you record things like in the middle of the night because you can't sleep. (laughs) Look, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're sleeping better than I am at the moment. I just had two delicious nights of sleep after three weeks of not sleeping so great at all because these uh, eclipse season is upon us, you know, and that new moon was so powerful the new moon we've just had yesterday, beautiful, so powerful. And of course, the full moon that came two weeks before was also very powerful. We've got a massive shifting of energy out in the cosmos. So all the astral bodies are doing their thing. Why am I even talking about astral bodies and mosquitoes? And Well, because it's the company that I'm keeping at the moment. <laughs> It really is a company I'm keeping at the moment. And this podcast is all about that. It's all about the company that we keep. The people that we choose, all the beings, um, the energies that we choose to surround ourselves with as we move through life, as we go through our decolonizing journey in particular. So that's what I really, really want to focus on today. Um, I will. So this is what's going to happen on this particular show. I will read to you uh, my letter to myself, or part of it. Um, Actually, scrap that. I'm going to read to you from a book that really taught me 
the meaning of partnership and the purpose of partnership. Um, so I can give you kind of like an understanding of my value system around reciprocity and honesty and integrity when it comes to, to relationships. Um, and, I, and this is just not relationships with people, even though this book does talk about relationships with people. I'm extending this to relationships with all beings, whether it's plant beings. I have a lot of plant friends. I can't have any pets yet. Um, I'm slightly allergic to a lot of animals, but I do like to house sit <laughs> and look after people's cats because I love cats. Um, but I have plant beings that I look after. And in my life as a plant mom, I've really noticed how sensitive their energies are to our energies as well. Um, I, I've known this for ages since I was a child. I would walk around the garden at home and talk to the plants, talk to the roses. I would befriend particular trees and uh, particular plants in the garden and visit them regularly and just kind of take stewardship, you know, off them. It was just in my nature. I was kind of a bit of a daydreamer and I had my imaginary friends as well. So always been very sensitive to, to energies um, uh, and plants, rocks as well. I've got a thing for rocks. My ancestors uh, built dry stone, massive, massive dry stone um, feats of architecture in Southern Africa. Uh, if you look, you'll find that there are a form of pyramid that exists throughout Southern Africa. Not like the conventional pyramid, but it is like the largest stone structures you'll find in Africa um, outside of Egypt. You'll actually find them in Zimbabwe. So I've always had an affinity to stone. I've always felt like stone speaks to me. And we have like a tradition of stone sculpture in Zimbabwe. Well, a lot of the artisans will actually say that the stone tells them the shape and the story that it wants to tell. And they just become a steward of helping that stone take that form, chipping away at the rock until the stone takes that form. So I have an affinity for stones, um, which I'm digging into deeper now as I sort of, you know, tap into people's affinity for crystals. Um, I only like ethical crystals, though, so that's, that's always an issue for me. Uh... So plant beings, mineral beings, human beings, um, energy beings, yes. I'm fortunate to be surrounded by very beautiful energies. Uh, my grandmother is always around me. My ancestors who love me the most are always around me, offering guidance. Of course, insect beings, like the mosquito that's got me up. Um, and all the wonderful birds that are in my garden and which are always part of this podcast if you listen very, very closely. So that's what today's theme is about. It's about maybe talking about relationships and community and collectives and really what it takes to keep all these collectors together.
I know I said that I was going to read from a book, but really, I'm the book, aren't I? This is an offering that encourages you through my own telling of my own life story. It encourages you to also look at yourselves as the book that needs to be written, that needs to be journaled in a series of letters to myself. So here's the story. You ready? All right, get comfy. It's story time. In my 20s, I chose to be in spaces where I had to change. I had to conform. I had to become something that I wasn't in order to fit in. So like I said, I chose to be in those spaces. I did the work to get the grace to get in to those spaces. That would lead me to more spaces that society in general defines as the heights or the peak of success. Now, as I was in these spaces, I was very much aware that I had arrived. I had accomplished what very few people are able to accomplish. I had gained entry into an elite law school. And I was a top student too, for a little while. (laughs) After a while, I began to miss the parts of myself that I had to stifle in order to succeed in this space. Not everybody has to stifle parts of themselves to succeed in these spaces, right? And that's how I realized and started to recognize that while some people had found themselves in this space, I was losing myself in this space. And I looked around to this community and I was like, oh, I think I made the wrong choice. I think I chose the wrong community. So it's not so much that the spaces that we choose um, are trying to defeat us or put us down. I think we also have to shift that perspective and go, well, why did I make, why did I make the choice to be in this space? Or what is it that made me assume that parts of myself had to be suppressed in order to be the right kind of person? Where did I get this idea of the right kind of person from? Those are very deep questions, you know, and and it's about pure honesty with yourself. And it is a journey of coming home to yourself and just being very honest about, well, who am I really? And when I looked at that question, who am I really? I was like, I have been suppressing this artist within me for the longest time. I've always loved drawing, singing, acting, painting. I've always loved these things. And I had grown to think of them as hobbies as opposed to modes of self-expression that are actually integral to who I am and which, if I develop, will be of benefit to my community as a whole, to the collective as a whole, right? Unfortunately, we seem to live in a world where we don't emphasize people's positive attributes or the skills that they bring to the table unless they fit into a mold um, that is being widely promoted as the proper way of living right and stepping into this position um, stepping into this role as a podcaster and being bold enough to tell my story to tell my family story my lineage story um, is a way that I'm offering the best of me to you 
so that you also may thrive and you also may prosper. It's scary because, you know, the message that you receive every single day as a black woman is that your voice is not um, valid, that the stories that you have to tell are not interesting, they're not desired. Uh, We always have people guessing and questioning our beliefs and what we have to say, trying to invalidate us. And so that's where the imposter syndrome really comes from, you know, which is why I really wanted to call this podcast Life Seen Through Desire Podcast, because I felt it was time to really just take up all that space that I had shied away from for so many years. And it's scary for me to, to put this podcast out every week, to be very honest with you. It's very frightening um, because I'm exposing myself and um, I don't want to be questioned um, the way that I have been questioned in the past and grilled and made to doubt myself. But that's actually not my issue, though, is it? That actually isn't my issue. Folks who feel the need to suppress another person's voice actually have an issue. That's not my issue to deal with, though. So my community, as I'm moving forward, because really this is what this podcast is about. It's about thinking critically about the people that we we take along with us on these journeys. The community that I move to choose, the community that I choose to move forward with, is a community of people who are enamored by difference who see your unique individual characteristics, ideas, and thoughts as beautiful manifestations of the beautiful, diverse, and rich variety that nature has to offer. So those are my folks, and those are the folks who I roll with. So if you listen to this podcast, I think you're probably that kind of person. So welcome, family. Very, very happy to have you on the moral of the story the moral of the story in concluding I'd like to say the moral of the story is know thyself this is ancient African wisdom once you know yourself once you understand yourself if you're in deep relationship with yourself you are on the right path to forming beautiful relationships and beautiful community this is a principle that we call unu, which means humanity which means i am because we are and we are because i am The more you that you become, the more that you become yourself, the more that the community and the collective benefits. So be you, do you, grow fully into the beautifulness that you are. Accept yourself wholeheartedly. Embrace yourself unapologetically. Think back to the child you were between the ages of, I don't know, three and nine years old and call back those parts of yourself that you might have suppressed and fully re-embody 
and remember those parts of yourself and live that out in your life. Live that out in your life. Just be you. We need you and your wholeness. What does it mean to be African in the 21st century? For so long, we've had our voices suppressed. We've had our traditions and our value systems mocked and denigrated. And we just have to rise up and embrace ourselves as a collective. But that starts, I believe, that starts by embracing ourselves as individuals. And that's, so that's my work. That's how I'm going about doing it. If you find that inspiring, great. If you don't, mm, it's not for you. What can I say? <laughs> so that's it. There's no prompt for this coming week because we're going into holiday modes. I know most of you are probably full on into the silly season by now and you've got like 101 different things to do. Maybe buy yourself a journal while you're out and about. Look and see what's available. Handmade paper journals. See what there is out there. Get yourself a beautiful pen. You know, pamper yourself. Get ready to start journaling or I don't know, actually, maybe you're not journaling. Maybe, like I said, you you express yourself in other ways. Art is all around us. Maybe you're a gardener. Maybe that's the way that you art. Maybe you're a mom, and that's the way that you art. Maybe you're a cleaner, and that's the way that you art. Maybe you're a collector of stamps, and that's the way that you art. However you art, tell me, what does it mean to you to be African in the 21st century and if you don't identify as african and if you don't identify um and if you don't identify as african then just look around in the way that you art and ask yourself what are my impressions or in my imagination what is the idea of africa that i carry through with me and where did i get these ideas from in the way that you art. <laughs> Sounds so poetic. So next week, it will be a full episode, an hour long podcast. Um, I would love to share with you an interview that uh, was released first on my Patreon. If you'd like to join the Patreon and have access to uh, those interviews I don't release them actually in full it's just because it's Christmas and I'd like to give you all a Christmas present um, but yeah if you'd like to have access to all the other interviews that are in Patreon then look in the description box below in the show box just below and I'll have links to my Patreon and next week we'll be listening to one of those interviews in full um, it's a toss-up between Dimitri and the Scarecrow remember we listened to his uh, latest, well, we had an exclusive premiere of his next track on last week's podcast. So it's a toss-up between Dimitri and the Scarecrow, or I might just let us have a listen to a literary expert called Tinashem Shakawan, who I also interviewed about that same question. I asked Dimitri and Tinashe the same question. I was like, yo, help me out here artists fellow artists from Zimbabwe I need to figure out some stuff what does it mean to be African in the 21st century what is being said within your circles within the way that you art about what this actually means because as we know this question is absolutely key and fundamental to how we create art because there are all sorts of assumptions about who we are right 
and when people curate African art, there are all sorts of assumptions about what that should look like. And some of those assumptions are actually quite outmoded and outdated, and some of them are just downright wrong. And so those are the discussions that I've been having with people, in addition to how do we reclaim that space? Um, how do we reclaim that space in this conversation today about reclaiming your individuality? Know thyself. So that you put yourself in the right spaces and in the right community so that you can actually flourish and just be yourself and create art that is, you know, that registers true to you, that is in harmony and in alignment with your energy and who you are naturally as a person. So that's where all of that is coming from. Okay, thanks for coming on the ride. It's a series, it's a series. We go around in circles and we come right back to the beginning and then we stretch out to the end and then we come back right back to the beginning. But um, all my friends are coming in. We've got African spirituality, hip hop, literature, African design uh, and Afro-centered reggae. We've got to get into that. Remember that thread about Bob Marley? I can't leave that one. I can't let that one go. We have to dive a little deeper into that and look at the, the connections there. And of course, traveling to Africa. That's become a huge thing. The whole let's move back to Africa thing. So let's talk to somebody who's actually doing that and find out. And that's all going to be on these podcasts. Alrighty, my loves. I will talk to you soon. Have a beautiful week and uh, stay safe. Bye.